0: Welcome everybody to a special bonus episode of the Kevin Carlson Fantasy Hockey Podcast. I know normally you're expecting to hear Ben and Lewis here for short shifts, but uh, we gave Ben and Lewis the day off because I've got a very special guest for you all today. We talked to this person going into the season. He's a goalie expert. He watches all the goalie videos. He knows everything there is to know about goalies in the league. So I figured halfway through the year, we got to get him back to get a mid-season update and some new goalie tiers. So welcome back to the show. William Nadeau.
1: Hey, what's up, Elon? Thanks for the invitation again.
0: Yeah, I mean, we had great feedback the last time. It was really fun getting all your takes. A lot of your very prescient takes, by the way. I think you were calling Kevin Lankanen to be a starter in the league this year, way before anyone else. It'll be fun to get your updated Kevin Lankanen take here, as well as for all of the other goalies. So maybe before we get into like, the specifics of our plan of like, ranking goalies, maybe you could remind people about your credentials and like, what you look for when you're looking at goalies.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm trying to uh, maybe help the listeners to get better in analyzing uh, goalies. Uh, Two things I'm looking at, and I'm trying to be general here, but um, I think it it will be uh, pretty clear. So first, for me to consider a goalie to be good and sustainable when he's having success, I'm looking if the goalie places himself in the Perfect position, the right spot to make the save, to make an easy save. We talked about it last time, Milan. I think you remember the uh, Freddie Anderson game, or, or something, or, or something like that. Right. So,
0: yeah, I, I went to a game where I saw Anderson just stonewalled the Islanders and didn't even look like he was working that hard.
1: Yeah, exactly. So the ease, the the saves should be easy if the goalie is uh, smart and lines up square. After that, you need to make sure to prevent the puck from getting through you, you know? So that's easier to fix. So first, the goalie needs to be in the right spot, in the good position, square. And after that, well, maybe it seems logical, but still he needs to make sure to prevent the puck from getting through him. So save the puck, actually. So that, that's the easier part to fix. So two things. The most important one is really the the position and being in the right place. Because to do this, you need to be smart, athletic, quick, and we talked about it too last time, in a good mental state. So it's very, very important because when you're playing goalie, you have so many things to think about on the ice and analyze and looking at players. So you need to be calm and confident. And uh, when a good goalie, we know he's good, we know he's talented, like Carter Hart now, when things doesn't, uh, doesn't seem right for him, it's just because he's not in a good uh, mental, uh, maybe a, a, a mental place or a mental position. So he's not calm, not confident. He, he starts to cheat a little bit. So you want a goalie who's not cheating uh, because at this level, Ilan, you can't just rely on reflexes. You need to be smart, trust your, you know, your feelings, your gut. And I think, that, I think that's the main thing. So be in a good position, make the save, And to do this, you need to be smart, quick, in a good mental state, athletic, and, uh, and don't rely only on reflexes.
0: Okay, makes sense. And it's wild because like when I'm looking at goalies, I'm just basically looking at the stats, but you're not only looking at all of the stats to measure these goals. You know, Brian's looking into the even strength save percentage and all of these types of things, but you're actually not only following the stats. I know you play fantasy, you know, all that stuff, but you're also like watching these games. So you have this like extra insight into how good these goalies are. Carter Hart is going to be a very interesting guy to get your thoughts on. I guess you remind me of when we were talking before about Matt Murray, right? You were saying how like Matt Murray like has some good technical skills, but maybe there were times on Pittsburgh where it just felt like he was like out of sync or like maybe didn't have a lot of resilience after having a bad start. Now we're going to learn if someone like Carter Hart is able to bounce back from a rough stretch like this.
1: Yeah, and that's something we see when a goalie is not uh, confident. He starts to rely more and more on his reflexes and trying to, big, trying to make the big save. And uh, that's when things get worse finally for him, so... Okay, yeah. So, and
0: then we'll dig into some of these goalies as we go. So, the plan for today, Brian and I, every single preseason, do what we call Schmorr Goalies Board, where we break all of our goalies into tiers, and the whole idea there, instead of just ranking all the goalies, we sort of split them into, like, these are the tier one guys here, these are the tier two guys, and the reason is because we know it's very hard to predict goalies, so, like... You know, we say, these guys are probably all the same. Like, flip a coin between all of the p- players in Tier 3, for example. And so now we're thinking it's midway through the season, so why not just do a brand new Schmore Goalies board? The first time I've done it without Brian, so it'll be a new experience for me. And I see that you've prepared a list of goalie tiers that you're going to be presenting on the show so I know we've done a lot of preamble let's do a little bit more let's just discuss like what are you looking for in terms of putting the goalie in their tiers like I assume like someone like Ilya Sorokin looks like he's a really good goalie but he's not going to be in tier one just because of his situation in tandem with Varlamov so like what would you say are the
1: keys to a goalie ranking high in this tiered list yeah I think it's a combination of two things like skills talent and yeah, being in the right spot with a good team like Sorokin is a great example. Maybe not in the perfect spot because there's Varlamov, but the guy is so damn good that he, he needs to be in the maybe upper tier. So maybe we can talk about it a little bit later. But yeah, that that's the, the the couple of things that I'm looking at. You know, Matt Murray is, I mean, a good goalie, but in Ottawa, maybe not the best spot. So yeah, he's in a lower tier because of that
0: right yeah and of course we can like as we go keep in mind there's different league formats and maybe some leagues that only count wins you know we're not going to care so much if the goalie lets in a lot of goals if their team gets the win as opposed to a league like the cupful where we focus a lot more on their save percentages so i guess this is we're, we're assuming like a general league that maybe counts like let's say a categories league that counts like wins save percentage saves and goals against average so you're like you want quality you want quantity and you want wins at the end of the day and we, we could always comment if there's goalies that we would move up or down depending on their tiers but why don't we just get started then who do you have in the top tier of fantasy midway through the season and hopefully this will be like good advice for people right like you'll be able to listen if you have a goalie that's in tier seven and there's a one of the goalies in tier six is available in your free agency this is going to be your chance to get advice from will about if you should maybe make that swap but let's start way in tier one this guy's
1: of course not going to be available anywhere yeah, you know, we won't take too much time talking about him. He's perfect. He's very, very good. The best goal in the world with a good team, Andrei Vasilevsky. The tier one is the Andrey Vasilevsky tier. <laughs> Right. So it's basically like, there's there could have been room for more goalies, but it's just like,
0: he's got it all, right? He's got a great, even better save percentage than usual this year. Brian was drooling about him on our last show on Sunday for the first time ever, because normally he would say that, oh, he's good, but he's just because he's on a good team with great protection. But now he's finally, you know, up to speed and saying that, no, Vasilevsky's actually doing really well, even above what an average goalie would do in the same situation. But... The situation's so good. Tampa Bay defending Stanley Cup champs looking just as good this year, even without Kucherov. He plays a ton. Like, what more can you want in fantasy? There's not even a point of advising on Vasilevsky. So let's move on to Tier 2.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and the tier two I only have one goalie there too because I really think that is ahead of the bunch. It's uh, Connor Elebach. I had a couple of doubts about him because you know we talked about how the the Winnipeg Jets defense was pretty weak, but w- with the arrival of uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois and really Neil Pionk has been pretty impressive. So uh, I think uh, Connor Elebog now needs to be in his own tier. Not with Andrey Vasilevsky. I think we need to separate them. So, uh, yeah, Conrad Hellebuck Tier 2, uh, the only guy for me there.
0: Wow. Okay, so Hellebuck, I'm a little surprised just because he has only a 9-12 save percentage this year. So he's playing a lot and he's getting some wins. He has 12 wins in the 20 games. But yeah, I would have thought maybe he would fall down to the bunch. maybe as we get to tier three, maybe we'll be able to talk about why you have Hellebuck above these guys. Because what you're saying is you'd rather have Hellebuck than anyone else in fantasy aside
1: from Andre Vasilevsky, right? Are you thinking that the save percentage is going to bounce back a little bit? Yeah, exactly. And I think he's just so, so safe. I mean, I don't know what could go wrong with him. Uh, The Jets are good. Uh, They they looked amazing, uh, especially in the last couple of games. So yeah, I, I think with Hellebuck, you can just throw him in your lineup close your eyes and uh, you know care about other players in your lineup and i think that's pretty nice to have in a goalie I see. So it's like, even if
0: maybe he doesn't put up the, you know, nine, what was it? (laughs) Uh, Last year, 922 save percentage in his Vesna winning year. You're saying like, but the thing is, you can just rely on him. You're not going to be stressed about him. You know, we have Carter Hart, who you brought up before, who like we thought someone you could set your watch to. And now clearly he's causing his managers to panic a bit. So you're saying Hellebuck maybe gets a boost just because we know he's reliable. You know, he's a volume guy. So I'll take it. All right. So let's go on to tier
1: three. Yeah, tier three. So it's uh, guys. I'm pretty confident that nothing could go wrong for them, but maybe a little below Connor Elabok. So I have Jordan Bennington for for who I, I traded for. I traded for him. Uh, I gave Kevin Fiala for Bennington, but I really needed a goalie. So uh, you know, we'll see. But uh, Jordan Bennington, tier three. Followed by Marc-Andre Fleury, who's maybe, you know, the second best goal in the NHL this year. But with the, uh, the, the return of Robin Leonard, it will be interesting. So that's a little bit worrisome for Fleury. There's Jacob Markstrom, too, and uh, Frederick Anderson. So Bennington, Fleury, Markstrom, and Anderson in the Tier 3 for me. Okay, interesting. Yeah, so Flurry. I'm
0: curious to know, like, did you have any hunch that Flurry would be able to have this season that he's been having? Like last year, he was, you know, a backup in the playoffs to Leonard, and Flurry like didn't have such a great season. And now, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he's been like one of the top goalies in fantasy. And the only reason we have him down in tier three, I'd imagine, because it's a great team. He's been playing a lot, but just because we assume that Robin Leonard is at least going to be somewhat as good as he was before and push for some starts, it'd be crazy if they signed him for all that money and then not even play him. Uh, But like. Yeah, I'm curious to know, how surprised are you with
1: this season from Marc-Andre Fleury? Yeah, and uh, Vegas even tried to trade him before the season because of his contract and nobody in the NHL wanted right. him, so I'm so happy for, for Fleury. Uh, listen, 943 save percentage, 81 quality, quality starts percentage, so it's very, very... Uh, he, he's good and, you know, Vegas is good. Leonard will be back and that's be, that's why he's in tier three and not two or one because the, the stats are there. He's very good, quite old, you know, 36 years old, but uh, doesn't seem to affect him. So I, I'm confident. And if I'm surprised, I mean, not that much because we saw it in Pittsburgh when he had pressure to perform. I, I mean, maybe that's the opposite actually of Matt Murray. When, uh, you know, he, he had to perform and he had competition flurry always was very good he did it in pittsburgh when you know um the 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 year they won uh, in overtime against uh, ottawa in the semi-final i think flurry was just amazing in the playoff uh, because murray was not there and he was very very one of the few reasons the penguins got to the stanley cup final so uh, yeah the talent is there and the guy is just better when the stakes are high And this year, the stakes are high for him because nobody wanted him before the season. So he responded very, very strong. And I'm very, very glad for him. Yeah, it's a really cool story. Now it'll be interesting to see what happens with this
0: Seattle draft coming up in the summer. Imagine if Fleury once again uh, goes unprotected. Though, yeah, it'll be, I'm really interested to see what Vegas is going to do there. But okay, another name in this tier. So by the way, this is tier three. You had Bennington, Fleury, Markstrom, Anderson. Uh, if people want to follow along at home, uh, spoilers, obviously, if you check right now, but uh, keepingcarlson.com slash goalies. We'll put a tab in there and I'll also link to it in the show notes to so that you can see all of Will's uh, goalie tiers. Okay, the other guy I want to ask about in this tier is Jake. Markstrom because he was looking so good for the start of the year, right? He was. I had him on my couple team, I still do, and he was like a godsend, right? He had an amazing save percentage game in game. Out. Calgary was looking like a really good team, but I've got to say, lately he's really started to struggle. He let in five goals against the Canucks back on the 17th, then five goals again against the Oilers in his next game. Then he was injured for a while. Then he just came back this past week uh, over the weekend and played on Saturday and Sunday, let in three goals both against the oilers and ottawa so he's yet to post like a really strong start since coming back from injury like do you have any concern that maybe whatever the good juju was that he was holding at the start of the year is gone or it sounds like no if you're still putting him
1: in tier three no i think it's just a a great buy low opportunity for him you know 925 safe percentage in the first quarter of the season a rough stretch yeah but i mean who doesn't have cold stretches? So that's a great, great bylaw opportunity, I think, for Mark And a-, a little bit like Elé I think it's the kind of goalie you can put him in your lineup, close your eyes and, you know, care about other things. He's really, really reliable. He has the contract, the confidence of his or- organization. He was an MVP for the Canucks uh, last year. And we see that this year, it's pretty rough for them without him. So, yeah, Mark Strom, I'm very, very confident in him. And I think one of the safest goalie out there. I'd probably even take Mark Strom before Anderson for, you know, a safe percentage, but not for wins, obviously.
0: Yeah, Toronto has been so good this year, which really has pushed Anderson's stock up. And like when uh, Jack Campbell came in and played well, then he got injured right away. So it seems like the the stars are aligned for Frederick Anderson to continue to get a lot of starts and do well. Uh, okay, so let's now go to Tier 4. And we'll see if you have anyone in there that I'll question about why you don't have them higher.
1: Yeah, so uh, Semyon Varlamov. You know, Varlamov, I mean... How can't I put him there? He's been just so so good this year, so he forced me to to put him there. But uh, my guy in Long Island is Ilya Sorokin. Uh, he was the guy I, I watched a lot of uh, video of uh, today and. The guy is very, 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 very good. So Varlamov, Sorokin, Sheshchurkin, Tuka Rask, Carey Price, and Philip Grubauer. So in the tier four, I mean, they are guys who have high upside and high floor too. So high upside, high floor guys, Varlamov, Sorokin, Shestherkin, Rask, Carey Price, and Grubauer okay
0: so this is very interesting right because on the surface it seems weird that in tier 4 when we've still got so many starters that you haven't mentioned you already have what looks like I I guess you're expecting to be a tandem on the Islanders and Varlamov and Sorokin I guess it's the kind of thing where maybe you get a bit less volume but every single game is like helping you so much that it's worthwhile but like yeah uh, like Varlamov has had such a good year he's 12-4-3 with a nine twenty nine save percentage he's played 19 games this year which is amongst the top the highest is 21 games so I think a lot of people would be wondering why you don't have them higher and I imagine the reason is just because you have so much faith in Ilya Sorokin who to be fair at the start of the year wasn't playing much but recently it's gotten a little bit closer to 50-50 so is your expectation that the Islanders are just going to go 50-50 rest of the way and both of these guys are going to be so good that even as just a tandem goalie they're worth having in tier four above I guess we'll get to the guys you have them above
1: yeah, and maybe like uh, Merzlikins or Salo last year, I mean, when they play, you know they will give you a good performance. And uh, I-, I put them both in Tier 4 because I know that if there's an injury to one of them or one of them starts to falter, I think... The Varlamov would be my, my choice for that. But I mean, if there's a, an opportunity, a window for one of them, I know they will be one of the best fantasy uh, goalies. So I, I don't want to get uh, caught uh, having Sorokin or Varlamov in tier like six or seven and one of them gets injured and finally Varlamov or Sorokin is a top three goalie. So I'm playing it uh, pretty safe with that. My choice would be Sorokin, but I mean How can't you consider Verlamov with how he's played this year? yeah that
0: makes sense um, in fantasy I think I would still go Varlamov just because it seems like he has Trotz's trust though it's I think that this next few weeks will be very interesting to see how the Islanders goalies are deployed and uh, then you had in there which I guess it's like people don't realize like he had a bit of a quieter start like it looked like Georgiev was stealing some games but like Shostyorkin is up to a 921 save percentage on the year and this is on a not great defensive Rangers team so he's looking really good unfortunately he's injured right now but I I assume this goalie list is uh, assuming that he's... Not, yeah, it's only day-to-day. It was looking like it could be bad, but the latest from the New York was that it's day-to-day. So I guess you have Shistorkin there. In the meantime, with Alexander Georgiev in the net for, let's say, the next few games until Shistorkin comes back, do you have any faith in Georgiev to... You know, mount a challenge, or do you think it's like right away as soon as Jokic's back, it's his job for sure.
1: Yeah, Well, the latter. When Jokic is back, it, it will be his job. And I mean, uh, he, he, he was back to practice. Uh, I think so, uh, not too serious. Nice. And uh, six goals save above average, like you said, nine twenty one save percentage. So we maybe we don't realize it because you know the the expectations were just so so high, but. He's been very good this year at and uh, I, I really like him, and I think he's he's got a very, very high upside and a high floor too. Okay, and then so you rounded out this tier. It was
0: Varlamov, Sorokin, Shostyorkin, Rask, who uh who is also injured right now. But, uh, obviously, whenever he plays, it's a pretty good bet. Like, he's been a little bit worse than expected. I guess we should just jump in. Like, have you been surprised at all? Tukarask only a 9.06 save percentage so far this season. Uh, still lots of wins because he plays on the Bruins, but doesn't play that much because of Halak. So, uh, is th- would you have generally had him higher going into the season, or is this around where you would have had tukarask
1: either way? Yeah, that's uh, around where I would have him. I'm just relying on, you know, what we saw last year and we know how high the upside is. So again, kind of a safe bet and try not to o- overreact too much to uh, a 14-game played sample size. I mean, he got eight wins and uh, 57 quality starts percentages. So uh, not, not too shabby for Rask. And I think the upside is there. So uh, it, it could be a, a good guess to take.
0: Okay, and then you have Price and Grubauer. Price was struggling a lot, but seems to have settled in a little bit. Hopefully I'm not jinxing him. And then Grubauer, man, like I, we thought it was going to be a tandem on Colorado, but with François injured the whole time, it's been basically just Hunter Miska going in and blowing games every once in a while, but mainly Grubauer plays game in, game <laughs> out. Yeah I'm actually curious like Grubauer is someone I feel like I guess it depends on your league format right but are you not so into him because it seems like he's like in such a perfect situation similar to Vasilevsky like not saying he's as good but Grubauer's got a 12-7 and record 9-17 save percentage and he plays all the time so I guess depending on your format maybe you have him higher if volume is counted more but uh, yeah what are your thoughts on him?
1: Yeah, exactly. I think for him, it's the perfect uh, situation. Maybe not the most uh, talented goalie. I mean, you put Ilya Sorokin uh, in his position and I think he, th- they could be two uh, very different goalies. He is pretty good. I, I'm anxious to see, you know, uh, I, I'm looking forward to to see what could happen when Fransuz is back, but... I mean the news are pretty slow to come for him so I don't know but uh, yeah the, the the situation is just so perfect and he's been very good this year too I mean uh, uh, almost five goals save above average 917 save percentages be behind a very good like we know uh, Colorado Avalanche team so I mean how can we put him low so.
0: Yeah, I mean, I would love to get Grubauer in any of my leagues right now just because of that situation. You're you're right, like the season is slowly slipping away and François, like no updates at all. So at this point, I wouldn't be surprised at all if yeah. he's just out for the whole time.
1: And you know, the, the difference between uh, maybe a, a Grubauer or a, a Bennington, Markstrom or Anderson or maybe even Fleury because he's been just so good, it's that I can see something maybe could go wrong for Grubauer like if Franzos is back and he's just lights out and we saw uh, and we see what we saw last year so maybe a little bit more risk involved and for like Bennington, Markstrom and Anderson I I can't see them losing their jobs so maybe that's the difference between the tier tier 3 and 4.
0: Okay that makes sense and let's now see who's in tier 5. I see some interesting names here.
1: Yeah maybe a surprise but I'm uh, I I, I continue to believe in him, Sergei Bobrovsky. um, I I put the two injured guys who have very, very high upside, Robin Leonard and Darcy Kemper. I have uh, Elvis Merzlikens and Kevin Lankinen, too.
0: Wow, okay, so many places I want to go here. But let's start with Bobrovsky and then work down the list. So Bob is not having a good season overall, of course. Still with a hot streak recently, he only has a 9.05 save percentage in 13 games. It looked for a little bit like Chris Driedger would maybe steal the job. But in the last, I guess, six games... Bob has just taken over and he's got Quenville's trust now. He's getting a lot of games which is good and these last few games we're looking at uh, two goals against in the last two against Columbus and Nashville. He had another gem earlier on against Dallas so are you thinking that because I actually still have Bobrovsky in free agency in a couple of my leagues is it time to completely pounce like definitely all the other guys in these oh, two I actually have a couple other people Elvis Lickens is available in some leagues also so we'll get to him but uh, Bobrovsky you know a couple weeks ago I would have had him like five tiers lower potentially uh, if he wasn't even going to be a starter on the Panthers but now yeah the Panthers are looking like a decent team and what, what do you think happened with this guy like he stunk last year he stunk for the beginning of this year and now in these last like five games that's enough for you to be convinced that he's
1: gonna be back to the Bob of old from when he was on Columbus. Yeah, and he's one of the goalie who made me look bad from my takes from our previous episode. But uh, I'm a firm believer in Bobrovsky. I believe in the talent, and the Panthers are pretty good this year, like we know. Uh, he, you know, maybe it was just a very long slump, uh, but now he's back. Like you said, nine twenty six safe percentage in his last uh, six starts um and the Panthers want him to be the starter so when he's playing like that he will play like a, maybe a two out of every three games or three out of every four games you know and the talent is there he was, it was it was always there remember when the when he was with the blue jackets he was probably like what did Maybe one of the three best goalies in the world with Vasilevsky and Carey Price uh, at some time. So the the talent is there. And if we take a look uh, at uh, what I said previously about the the goalie needs to place himself in the perfect position, the perfect spot, needs to be smart, athletic, quick. Bobrovsky has all of this. Plus, he has tremendous uh, coordination, reflexes. So, I mean, he he has everything, the contract, the capital invested in him. Uh, So, you know, I I can't see why he 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 cannot be a a good fantasy goalie behind, you know, a surprisingly good team. So, yeah, I, I would definitely claim him. I think he's back and he's that kind of goalie since the beginning of his career. When things get bad, they get very bad. He has slumps, but when he's hot, he's very hot and he can win new weeks almost all by himself. And I think it's that type of Sergei Bobrovsky we have right now okay so and then grab him now
0: and hopefully he keeps it up for the rest of the season i guess it was a new team a new situation a very different situation than the tortorella blue Jackets. so maybe it was just a long time to get used to what was going on in his life but now that he's settled and the panthers are actually decent this year yeah it's a good spot so i like him here for sure maybe even higher than some of these tier four goalie well i don't know okay uh let's go so then you have camper who well, i guess there's not much to say like i is he just down here because he's injured and otherwise he would be higher
1: he's having a pretty good season yeah, exactly. That's because of the injury. I don't know if I would have him so much higher because of the team. And, you know, I really like Varlamov, Sorokin, Shesturkin, and I think Rask, Price, and Grubauer are pretty safe in good situations. So I don't know if I would have him higher. But yeah, if if Kemper is back for the, the fantasy playoffs, you want him in your team, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, he's right now week to week with a lower body injury. Uh, but on the season, seven wins, seven losses, two ties, and nine fourteen save percentage. Okay, not lights out like he was in previous seasons. Uh, but I guess we can't have him any lower. Obviously, if you could just stash him in your IR, then you don't have to worry about it. Maybe grab one of these other gems that you're going to bring up. So Merslickens is interesting, right? Because he was injured for a while, and when he was healthy, like he's been struggling just like Corpusalo on this Columbus team that all of a sudden isn't a great defensive team anymore. It's out of nowhere, uh, in nine games, Merslickens has uh, only. Three wins, nine seventeen save percentage was actually better than what I remembered he had been doing. But yeah, he hasn't played since February twentieth.
1: So, do you think uh, the job is his for sure now that he's back? As Corpusello has really struggled, yeah, and that's the point. Actually, Mersleykins has been better than maybe the the general consensus. The the general consensus seems to think, and the guy. I mean, if we go back, athletic, smart, uh, very. I, I think the talent is there, and if you can't compare him to, to Karp Salo. It's not the same level of goalies. I think Mersleykins is very good. Maybe not in the, best situation and there's the competition with Alu and I think that's the tricky part I don't think it applies here with Merzlikens I really think it should be the slam dunk 1A goalie but it's tricky and I, I like the challenge to do a kind of a schmork goalies board uh, in season because a goalie maybe maybe not the one we just talked about because they're you know higher tiers goalie but the one we'll talk maybe a little bit later, in one performance, they can go from a 1A to a 1B. So I, I like the challenge. Uh, but yeah, for Mersleykins, I think he's a slam dunk. Is a slam dunk 1A. Very, very good. The talent is there. And I would invest in him. That's for sure, especially in Dynasty Leagues.
0: Okay, you know what? I'm convinced I actually had an open spot in one of my leagues because Cal Peterson just went on the COVID list. We'll talk about him in a bit. Uh, so I just went and grabbed Elvis Merzlikens right now because he's still out there. And now I'm worried that one of my league mates in the QEHL1 league that I'm in is going to listen to this podcast and beat me to Elvis. So I just added him. So I hope that you are right because now we're in this together. Okay, then we end with Leonard who is injured, but I guess he's just there because he was so good before. And we'll have to see you had flurry up top. So So probably one of these will end up being more right than the other, but good to hedge your bets with a good goalie on a good team. And then Kevin Lankanen, time for you to do a little bit of a victory lap like Or is it, right? Like, If you would have come on like a month ago, you would have just been showered with praise about how smart you were to project Lankanen to do well. But if you look more recently, he just came off a really rough start against the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, before that he had a good game against Tampa. Then he's had lots of good games this season against Detroit. But uh, when he plays tougher teams, it doesn't seem like he's been doing as well. He had a couple rough games against Columbus and Carolina last week. So is Lankanen maybe riding high numbers from his games against Detroit? or do you think that this is a goalie that could actually be relied upon in fantasy at this point? Like you're having him in the same tier as Sergei Bobrovsky and Elvis Merzlikens who you've said really good things about. Is Langton
1: really that good? Yeah, I think he is. Uh, again, uh, I take you back to our last episode when we talked about how uh, I saw him at the World Championship and he was very, very good. The backbone of that Finland team who won the gold and uh, that Finland team, who like beat the likes of the Canada with the McDavid's and, and companies, and Russia with the Nikita Kucherov and companies. So you know he can be good uh, in front of uh, good uh, competition. And you know 9.19 save percentages in uh, 17 games, not too shabby. So uh, yeah, I, I think he's good, and I really think he's the guy in Chicago again. the 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 important part there is in Chicago so well is are they the real deal I don't know but I think Lankinen is and maybe you know like a Jonathan Bernier last year he can make you uh, a lot of saves I don't know about the wins if they'll sustain but I think the saves will be there he's a good goalie can be good when you know he faces 40 45 shots he did it a lot in uh, the league, guy in Finland, like I said, in the World Championship, and now in Chicago. So uh, that's why I put him there. Okay, you know what? Well,
0: if if I may. I think I I would recommend for people to maybe trade in right now if they can. So we'll see who looks smarter at the end of the day. But I am a little bit worried also. Like Malcolm Subban, like Jeremy Carlton's been playing Subban like half of the games lately. I don't know if people have realized like in the last seven games, it's Subban who's played four of them. And so it seems like they've been maybe even going back and forth. Maybe that has to do with like back-to-backs and things. And yeah, Mm -hmm. I personally am a little worried also about his performances against the non-Detroits
1: of the world. Yeah, and I'm with you actually, uh, Elon. I think in Chicago... He's the guy, but if you compare him to the goalie, he have the same numbers with this season. Yeah, I would trade him too. I mean, uh, I had questions: uh, Should I trade Lenkinen for Jordan Bennington? For sure, I would do that. So, I mean, it depends. It depends of what you can have. That's for sure. But if you can sell him high for a Bennington, a Varlamov, well, maybe course. even a Sorokin, I, I would do that. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, let's go to tier six because I'm looking here at I think four goalies. Or well, at least three of them that I think I'd rather have than like. in. So uh, you could convince me otherwise. So, but I guess you'll, you'll have a job here in Tier 6 to tell me both why they're here and not lower, but also why they're not
1: higher. Yeah, so uh, Ilya Samsonov, Tatra Demko, Tristan Jari, and Carter Hart, again with Hart, I mean... Uh, I rely on the history, the talent of the guy. I hope he'll find back his confidence because right now it's not too nice to see. But the talent is there. He's in a good team, good situation. So I think he can make it back. And well, I put the, I, I I put him in a lower tier. But if I own Kevin Lankinen, maybe I would think about showing a trade offer for Carter Art.
0: Yeah, I think that I would also... Oh, it's so tough. Hart just came off another bad game. So it's really going to be a fun test of his resilience. It's it's wild. He's only 22 years old. I was talking about him on a recent podcast. Like, he's super young compared to all the rest of the goalies we're talking about, pretty much. So it makes sense that he could have some struggles, and it'll be interesting to see if he's able to bounce back. But Yeah, he's, I guess, a high-risk, high-reward guy at this point. We've seen him blowing up his... Uh, fantasy managers with bad starts but also we've seen also pretty recently that philly's a really good team and if he could get going they want him to be the starter in the meantime like take a look at brian elliott who's been doing pretty well lately Um, Okay, so you had Samsonov, Demko. Okay, we've got to talk about Demko, by the way, because if you would have made this... This is wild, because if you would have made this list like a few weeks ago, I would have been like, he's way too high, and right now, I feel like he's way too low, so he's just bouncing around all over the place in my perception of how good he is, because Vancouver has not been a good team for most of the year, but recently, they've looked a lot better, and it's been all because of Thatcher Demko. Four wins in a row now, letting in zero, one, two, and 1 goals. He's basically hardly letting in anything, putting up sparkling numbers game in game out he lost against Edmonton back on February 25th letting in only two goals So it's actually like five starts in a row that he's been brilliant before that he really struggled for a lot of the season so maybe this is just another example of a young goalie though the crazy thing is people don't realize like Demko maybe feels newer because he's just starting up as a you know mainstay in the league right now. He's 25 years old, so he's actually a lot older than Carter Hart, but he is still pretty young and seems to finally be getting back into that shape that he was looking like in the playoffs last year. So, yeah, I'm interested both in, yeah, it's like both sides, right? Like on one hand, I guess you're showing some confidence in him that he's good enough to be in the same tier as like a Jari and a Carter Hart and a Samsonov, which is not where we would have had him a couple weeks ago. But also like, shouldn't he be potentially be
1: higher? Because if he could keep up what he's doing, he's winning people weeks right now. Yeah. And that's the the reason why he's in tier six for me. I'm trying to find a, a middle ground between when he's hot and when he's cold, because, maybe he looks maybe a little bit like Sergei Bobrovsky, that type of goalie, a hot and cold goalie. You want him the weeks he's hot, but you don't want him the, the weeks he's cold. But all in all, I think now for good, he's the guy in, in Vancouver. So that's why he's a pretty good tier with the likes of Samsonov, Jari, and Carter Art. Uh, I, I think he, he's a good head, that's for sure.
0: Okay, yeah. I'd rather have uh, Demko than Lankinen right now. I'll, I'll just uh, put it right there. If I was me, maybe I would merge Tier 5 and Tier 6. But, I mean, Brian knows what this is like of me just, like, arguing with his goal <laughs> tiers. Maybe it's not so nice. Uh, and then Jari's actually an interesting one, right? Because he also, like... Demko had times this season where he was struggling but lately I mean he hasn't been as good as Demko that's for sure but he at the very least has taken over the starting job in Pittsburgh playing every single game unless it's a back-to-back and DeSmith gets in so this was actually something I guess you predicted that DeSmith might be a challenger in our last episode and you were looking again like like you were spot on early on in the year but this one is starting to look like less and less of a good prediction because it's been all jarry all the time and he finally had a good game against the Rangers a couple of days ago letting, and only two goals on 35 shots. So, rest of the way... I I think I agree with you with Jari here. Do you think that he's now... like? Do you still have faith in Casey
1: DeSmith stealing starts, or do you think at this point it's for sure Jari the rest of the way? I think it's for sure Jari, but you know... One cold stretch could change everything. So I think again he's that kind of goalie, pretty inconsistent. And I think if I have to find two goalie with the exact exact same value, I think that Demko and Jari are pretty close to that. I think they have, they really are uh, very 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 uh, similar two goalies. They can be hot and cold. When they're hot, they're very hot. When they're cold, they're very cold the starter for a good team. So maybe the upper hand to Jerry for that. But, you know, Demko is just so hot right now. And I think, individually, he's a slight, slightly better goalie than Tristan Jerry. So uh, that, that's why I think they're very, very, very similar right now.
0: Yeah, it's like maybe Jari's on a better team, so he might get a few more wins. But Demko has shown that he could just give you, like, shutouts, yeah. which is valuable in fantasy, right? Like, Jari's not giving you shutouts very often. And I guess we've got to talk about Ilya Samsonov, who was out for a while with injury. And in his absence, Vitek Vanacek came in and for a long stretch was looking like he was maybe stealing the job. But now here we are, and you're putting Samsonov in tier six. And we'll see how far down we have to wait before you bring up Vitek Vanacek. So you seem pretty confident that
1: Samsonov is going to be the main guy rest of the way? Yeah, because the talent is there, and I trust the talent, and he's been very good uh, since uh, being back from the, the that COVID thing, and I think that that was a, a big worry for me. You know that that COVID thing, he, he seemed to be who have been hurt uh, pretty bad by that. so but, but right now, he's very good. He had good performance. The talent is there. He's behind a good team. So he, he, he really deserves to be there. The only reason why he's not with the likes of uh, Bobrovsky, Merzlikin, Varlamov, or Shestherkin is Vitek Vanacek. I think he was... Uh, Pretty good pedigree. And if Samsonov has a couple of bad starts, it won't be too long before Vanichek gets a run. So that's the reason why he is in tier six. But yeah, the, the talent level is there. And I think he would be my favorite one with, with the Carter Hart in this tier.
0: Okay, yeah. Well, Samsonov, first of all, he's on Washington, which is always good. A very good team. And like you said, yeah, since he came back from being on the COVID list, he led in two goals against the Devils, and then he came in relief for a game against Boston, and then his most recent game against Philadelphia stopped 36 of 37 shots. So a real gem. So yeah, Samsonov is definitely back at 100%, and I think he's another one of these guys that might still be in free agency in some leagues, and people should take a look, because like similar to Bobrovsky, uh, you may, in your head, think, oh yeah, this guy's kind of lost his spot, but it seems like he's pretty much gotten it back right now, just like a Tristan Jerry Hey everybody, Elon here, you know when you have a mediocre player on your fantasy team and while you clearly should have dropped him a long time ago, you just hang on and watch as everyone else gets all of the best free agent ads while you still have Zach Parisi on your roster? Nothing beats the feeling of finally letting that player go and seeing the replacement piling on the points Well. I have a feeling some of you are going through the same thing with your sheets. You know who you are, having the same few pairs of sheets since just after college that you never liked, but you just keep washing and putting back on your bed every week or two. Well, thankfully, you have Kevin Carlson to tell you to drop your snoozers and our friends at Linen to help you upgrade those sheets. Brooklinen was started by Rick and Vicky, who were trying to find beautiful home essentials that didn't cost an arm and a leg. And when they couldn't, they founded Brooklinen as the first direct-to-consumer bedding company. They work directly with manufacturers to make luxury available directly to you without the luxury-level markups. Brooklinen has a variety of sheets, colors, patterns, and materials to fit your needs and tastes. Brooklinen has over 50,000 five-star reviews and counting, and they are so confident you will love their products. They even offer a 365-day money-back guarantee! And Brooklyn is so much more than sheets. They've got comforters, pillows, towels, even loungewear and more. And if all that isn't enough, Brooklinen is even offering a special offer to listeners of Keeping Carlson. Go to brooklinen.com and use promo code Carlson, as in Eric Carlson's last name, to get $25 off when you spend $100 or more, plus free shipping. That's B R O O K L I N E N. dot com and enter promo code Carlson to get $25 off when you spend $100 or more, plus free shipping. Brooklinen.com and use promo code Carlson at checkout. All right, so that's tier six. Uh, we still have a lot of starting goalies in the league left, so I'm curious uh,
1: when they're going to come up. So let's go to tier seven. Mackenzie Blackwood, Antti Ranta, Kapo Kakanen, John Gibson, Anton Hudobin, Jake Ottinger, and, uh, and Cal Peterson. Yeah, I, I put Ranta there after the, the announcement of the Kemper injury.
0: Okay. So there's a lot to get to here. Uh, We can start with Ranta since you brought him up. So Camper's going to be week to week. Ben was saying on the short shifts yesterday that he wonders if maybe Aiden Hill could challenge for starts. Do you think that this is a situation where Ranta can hold on? He's going to have a test today. As we're recording, uh, Arizona's going to be playing Colorado, and I just added Ranta in one of my leagues, actually, so I'm a little bit nervous to see how he's going to do But uh, because Colorado's a tough team, and and, uh, McKinnon is back today. But what do you think? Like Ranta, the thing is, he's never healthy long enough to really like give us a stretch and now obviously arizona's going to need him to stay healthy at least as long as camper is out man poor coyotes and they can never get healthy goalies in net but do you think that Ronta's going to be able to be a volume guy with camper out or do you think aiden hill can actually challenge to maybe split starts
1: yeah, and I think that's another buyer beware. I, I put him in tier seven because the upside, the upside is there, like we know. But yeah, I, I think Aden Hill could because you know there's the uh, uh, Seattle Kraken expansion draft coming, so maybe the the Coyotes want wants to know you know what they have in Aden Hill, and I think the upside is pretty is pretty big when you look him play. He's like. Uh, 13 years old, younger, Mike Smith. You know, it's the exact same type of goalie, relying on the, the physique, the height, the weight. He's big in the goal. Pretty good reflexes. Not the most athletic, but so big in the net. Pretty young too. So yeah, I think the Coyotes will want to know you know, what they have in Aden Hill. So that's the reason why I, I would temper expectations for Ranta but we know the upside is very high, so that's why he's uh, in Tier 7.
0: Yeah, at the end of the day, we've seen Ranta go on really hot stretches. Currently only has a 9.03 save percentage on the season, so this season hasn't been so good, but maybe now he'll be able to get on a roll with Kemper out. Okay, you have Mackenzie Blackwood there. I guess this is another situation... Just like with Carter Hart, where recently he's been terrible, but in the past we've seen him be fantastic. And that's like just in this season. It's pretty wild how Blackwood had such a hot start. And now I'm seeing seven starts in a row for Blackwood where he's led in three or more goals. With the most recent game letting in five goals against the Rangers. So he is really... Fallen hard recently, and like I'm just curious to know. You have Blackwood here, he's obviously fallen a bit. I would have been, you know, much higher on Blackwood going into the season, especially because I thought the Devils were going to look good. But the Devils are struggling, Blackwood is struggling. Scott Wedgwood got the last couple of games, but I guess Wedgwood really stunk in the last game after I shut out the game before. So you'd think that Blackwood gets another shot. How do you see this playing out for the Devils and Blackwood moving forward?
1: My boy Mackenzie Blackwood is my number one goalie in the cup fall. And, you know, my, my love for, for him is uh, pretty strong. I think he's just an awesome goalie. Um, you know, I, I think the listeners who are, you know, like uh, comparisons with other goalies we know better. I think he's like a small carry price. Uh, you know, the, the technique is just perfect. Looks big in goal, looks calm, and the upside is just, again, so big. In a better situation, I think he could be one of the very, very few uh, best goalie in the league. So, uh, yeah, again, I'm relying on talent, uh, the talent level. What I saw on videos this summer, earlier in the season, he had a rough stretch uh, last year, too, to start the season. So, I mean, every goalie. Uh, do have the these kind of uh, stretches. So maybe I'm trying not to over- overreact too much to that. So yeah, for Blackwood, I'm relying on the history and the talent level. Yeah, seems like this could potentially be a really good buy-low
0: opportunity just kind of like what you were saying about a Carter Hart earlier and we'll see if he could bounce back because we've definitely seen that he can be the type of goalie that can really carry you if he goes on one of his hot streaks uh okay then I guess you have both of the Dallas goalies here which is interesting I think a lot of people would expect that you'd want to have Hudobin much more than Ettinger but I guess if you look at the numbers on the season Ettinger's played 10 games as a 9-16 save percentage Hudobin's played 13 games as a 9-16 save percentage so they have the same underlying numbers I guess Brian would say underlying numbers means a whole other thing, but at least the same save percentage, similar enough numbers of games. Obviously, Ben Bishop is going to be back at some point, but until that happens,
1: it sounds like you're
0: thinking that Ettinger and Hudobin are going to split starts?
1: Yeah, and that's uh, the tricky part, the, uh, the return of, uh, of Ben Bishop. Um, I think Ottinger is a very good uh, goalie. You know, uh, he's young. He's probably the goalie of the future for for the Stars. Maybe they want they want to ride him while he's hot, and that's the reason why I have him at the same level of Hudo Bin. I, I don't know what will happen with the uh, you, you know when uh, Ben Bishop uh, comes back, but uh, you know Attinger is the other one. Uh, the goalie in the better stretch right now i think the talent is really there i think he could be the real deal pretty young still and i think he could go back to minors or the taxi squad uh, uh, without being uh you know without going through waivers so that could that could potentially play against him so maybe season long season long i would uh I would be uh, not too confident about him. But, you know, as a streamer in the next couple of games, next couple of weeks, I think he's one of the better ones out there.
0: Yeah, I guess with Ettinger, I get what you're saying. You're saying like, for now, in the short term, you like his starts when he plays, but maybe he's a risky guy long-term, especially once Bishop comes back. I know one guy in this tier who I definitely have higher than Ettinger is Kapo Kockanen, who's on a huge roll right now. He has six quality starts in his last seven games. He's now up to a 9.23 save percentage in 15 games. And he's just rolling. It seems like stealing the starting job away from Cam Talbot. So I'm curious why you have Kockanen, again, kind of like some of my other goalies, like with Demko, it's like, why do you have him so low? But also is the reason you have him so
1: high because you think he's going to steal the job. Yeah, exactly. That's the Cam Talbot factor. And I mean, at the beginning of the season, uh, Billy Guerin told us that Cam Talbot was his guy. He was going to be the starter, the slam dunk number one goalie. And kakinen has been just so good. He maybe changed the plan a bit, but uh, I'm trying not to, again, not to overreact too much because with goalies, it fluctuates so much. So, yeah, that's the Cam Talbot factor. That's for sure. And I'd say, too, that Kakkonen is, you know, a goalie who tends to start very hot and, you know, get a little bit colder when the season goes on. He, de- he did that in his rookie season in the HL. I think he was like a 945 goalie after something like 10 or 15 games. And uh, th- that put it him on my radar. And I look at his games after that. And that's the reason why, you know, uh, I think you could use caution a bit about Kakonen because again, a rough stretch of three or four games, that could change. Everything is not like uh, uh, untouchable, like guys like, you know, again, Bennington, uh, Markstrom or Frederick Anderson. So that's the reason why three good games from Talbot and three bad games from Kakanen. And that could change uh, everything. So that's the reason why. But yeah, he's a very young, good goalie and the goalie of the future for the the Minnesota Wild. So in Dynasty Leagues, yeah, I, I would go for him. That's for sure.
0: Who would you take in a dynasty league between Cochinen and Jake Ettinger?
1: Um, Ettinger.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess uh, it's a very small sample size in the NHL. uh, And it'll be also interesting to see how these teams move forward in the future. Minnesota has some good prospects in the pipeline. Okay, so this is very interesting. I appreciate you, by the way, uh, bringing up that like I shouldn't be overreacting to these small sample sizes. I guess I'm one to do that. Uh, one guy that I see you have been... I mean, not because I overreacted to but you've been reacting to a really weak season as John Gibson, who I'd imagine you would have had higher going into the season. A lot of people were expecting Gibson to have a strong season, maybe a bounce back. And at the very start of the year, he was looking good. But lately, he's really fallen apart. Anaheim is just clearly not a good spot to be a goalie, and or at least not for John Gibson, right? Like, it's, he's got a lot of really bad starts in there with like 890 say percentages or less. Most recently, he lost to LA, letting in five goals on 26 26- shots, uh, do you see any hope for Gibson? Like, you still have him in a tier with Capo Cochrane who's on such a great hot streak, so, you know, if we had to guess by the end of the year, do you think there,
1: who's who's more likely to be higher between Cochrane and Gibson? Ah, uh, I mean, depends. If you want... If you want to shoot for upside, go for Kakinen. If you want the safety belt, you want safety, you want the floor, you go for Gibson. And I think John Gibson is the hardest goalie to put in a tier or to evaluate because Again, the, the talent level is just so high. You put again, it's easy to say, I know, but you put Gibson in Long Island, uh, in the spot of uh, Jordan Bennington or Markstrom or Ellebock or Veslavsky, and he would be as good as good probably as these guys. Maybe not Vaslevsky or Elebok, they're are exceptions, but you, you got the point. In a good situation, I'm I'm convinced he would be very, very good and valuable. Maybe he's just, you know, disinterested or uh, tired of losing in uh, Anna ein lacks mo- motivation. And that's just, you know, things I I, I, I see on the eyes, but I'm not, you know, obviously in the dressing room. I don't know. But what I know is that John Gibson and nothing could change my mind. No numbers. is a very, very, very good goalie. Maybe a change of scenery would be awesome for him. Uh, But yeah, the the situation is not great. I mean, he has no challenger for four starts. That's a good thing. But rest of season, I'd go Gibson probably before Kakanen. But, uh, you know, I wouldn't mind if uh, you, you you tell me to go Kakanen or something like that. <laughs>
0: yeah, maybe it's the kind of thing where if you think you can swap Gibson for Kakinen now and ride the hot streak and then still be able to get Gibson back later once things settle for both of them, that would probably be the best of both worlds. Yeah, yeah Gibson's tough. And I guess you have to put him somewhere and you're not going to put him in the same tier as like a Demko and a Jari. So I think this is where he belongs. Okay, this is a fun tier. It ends with Cal Peterson, who unfortunately just went on the COVID list today. I assume that's maybe you didn't even have time to adjust his standing. Peterson is someone who had looked really good good like over the last couple of years right and you were big on him also when we did our preview episode going into the year and then just recently he's kind of fallen off had a slow stretch which I guess like similar to a Mackenzie Blackwood I imagine you'll say that like this happens with goalies but are you still high on Peterson assuming he comes off the COVID list sometime soon is he a good guy to grab because right now Jonathan Quick is actually hurt so would have been a really great opportunity to see what Peterson could do especially like after a bad start I was really excited to see like okay how is this guy going to bounce back when there's no other goalie to take over he has to just come back after a bad start and get back in the net and try to right the ship. Uh, What are your thoughts on Peterson at this point? Let's forget about the COVID news.
1: Yeah, and probably the goalie I know the most about uh, because, you know, I I watched all of his games. I honed him in my four dynasty leagues. He was my ride or die. And I was just so high on him after like the, the first couple of games. He was just awesome. And he still looks awesome. I mean, what can I say? The talent is there, and if we look back again, the goalie needs to place himself in the perfect position to make the save. He does that, that's for sure. The guy is so smart, so athletic, quick, seems to be in a good mental state. After that, you need to make sure to prevent the puck from getting through you. And I think that was the problem in the recent couple of games. You know, a couple of pucks getting through him, uh, you know, in the sixth hole uh, between the the arm and the body. A couple of five-hole goals. I think he has. And for Chris Drieger, who we will uh, talk about a little bit later, I think that's the, the main point, too. I think these are two goalies they have trouble with when there's uh, too much traffic in front of them. So a couple of players like going and uh, trying to prevent them from watching the puck. So uh, I think that's maybe the main concern with Peterson when there's traffic. Uh, Same for Drieger, but all in all, very, very good goalie. The Kings are pretty, uh, pretty impressive this year. So, yeah, Cal Peterson, a a guy I really like. In a dynasty, I would take him before Kakinen, But right now, yeah, you, you got to go for Kakinen. that's for sure.
0: Okay, and like Jake Ettinger, uh, you who you had above Kakkenan,
1: how would you compare him to Peterson in a dynasty? I would take uh, Peterson before Ettinger. I would take, uh, uh, you know, I, I didn't make any bold take, uh, uh, I think, today. I made a couple of them uh, in our last show. I would take Cal Peterson before Ilya Samsonov and before Thatcher Demko in a Dynasty League.
0: Wow. Okay. So I guess that's a pretty hot take right now, though. A lot of people have said that LA is looking really good yeah. with some of these prospects. So in a couple of years, Quick is gone. Peterson should be the sure starter on a really good team. So I think that makes some sense. Like Washington with Samsonov, what are they going to be like once Backstrom and Ovechkin start to finally trail off, even though Backstrom's like the best he's ever been right now. But uh, yeah, I wonder if, uh, you know, Washington's not going to be as appealing of a place in Vancouver, like who knows with them and Demko. Uh, I think that's like a decently hot take, but I don't know if I'd give that too high of a score I actually think that I've heard a lot of people (laughs) with that opinion maybe though I also am affected by the fact that I talked to you and you already told me something similar about this in the last show yeah yeah yeah. maybe okay so now I think we're pretty much done with goalies that are likely rostered in a lot of leagues and now we're gonna get into some goalies that might be available in free agency and I guess there's a good reason because they're all the way down in your tier eight I'll be curious to see if I notice any goalies here who are I'm still seeing rostered in a lot of my leagues. Maybe that'll be a sign that some people are snoozing on these guys. Or who do you have all the way down in tier eight?
1: Yusis Saros, who's my favorite favorite one of this tier. Jonas karpisalo uh, I can't believe I'm going to say that, but Mike Smith, I mean, he's been pretty good and he's Dave Tippett's guy, as we know. Jake Allen, you know. Not a lot of starts, but uh, quality starts. Matt Murray, Yaroslav Alak, who could get a bump if uh, the the Tuukka Rask injury is uh, pretty significant. Cam Talbot and uh, Peter Mrazek when he'll be back.
0: Okay, let's start by looking at this Tuukka Rask injury. So he didn't travel with the Bruins for Tuesday's game against the Islanders. uh, And it looks like we don't really know that much about what's going on. Dealing with some discomfort... Uh, it's a possible he'll be available to return soon. So, okay, so I think that we could just assume that Rask isn't hurt too badly from the reports that I'm seeing. But obviously, people need to be checking out Roto World or whatever to make sure they're up to speed. Uh, so, yeah, this is interesting. I think the to me, the highest upside guy here has got to be Petr Morazek because Caroline is such a great team and he was doing so, so well for those few games before he broke his thumb. Is the reason Mrazik is here just because we have no idea when he'll come back from injury? Because uh, actually, this is the first Carolina goalie that you've mentioned, I believe, which is pretty wild, considering this team is like so good. You definitely want all their goalies when they play on a given night, but uh, I guess it's hard to know which goalie is going to be the one to, to run away with the job. And that's why we're only getting to one in
1: Tier 8, and it's the one that's injured. Yeah, and that could be uh, three-headed monsters with Nedelkovic being very good right now. So that's the main problem. And, it, it, you know, that sucks because I love Carolina so much as a team. And if they could have, you know, a, again, a, a Samsonov or a Demko or... A, uh, you know, a camper as a goalie, that could be, you know, the, the perfect scenario, having a real workhorse, number one goalie, but that's not the case right now. Mirazek has been very good this year, but, you know, if you take a look at the history, not the biggest up, upside, then that's the team of my tier eight, pretty low upside and okay floors. Um, but yeah, that that's my problem with uh, Peter Murazek. And I think that the higher upside guy in that tier would be actually... UC Saros Uh, I love him and last year you know Second half of the season, he was uh, lights out. He started pretty bad, actually, like what we saw, like what we saw this year. So, eight eighty-two in the first quarter, eight eighty this year. But in the second quarter for UC Saros, in four games played, nine thirty-three save percentage. So he's been very good lately. And you know, last year, if he can catch back that form in the third quarter, nine twenty-four save percentage in the fourth quarter, nine fifty-one. So you know, the upside is big. The problem could be if uh, the Preds decide to, to be sellers at the trade deadline and, you know, uh, le- trade uh, Matthias Ekholm, uh, Ryan Johansson, Philip Forsberg and company, that would be ba- very bad for Saros. But the talent is there. Uh, you know, again, the, the athletic trade, the, the to be smart, to be always in the right spot, he's got all of that, all of this. So, yes, yeah, Saros... Uh, I really like him. he's been a pretty slow starter but uh, but actually I claimed him in the fold to stash him on my IR and I'm pretty stoked about that.
0: Well, that's good yeah I didn't even notice he had those two really good games against Columbus on February 27th and 28th letting in only one goal in each of those games before now he's hurt but apparently he's traveling with a team and he'll be back soon it's not as if Pekka has been running away with the job like there was a stretch where Rene was looking okay but now he's struggled lately so I think that's a really smart take here and maybe anyone listening should go and grab Soros maybe you could still also stash him in IR and not even have to drop anyone and then figure out what to do with him once he's back maybe let him sit in your IR for a game or two to make sure he's up to speed but yeah it seems like he has higher upside here then like Korpisalo at this point I think most people are excited for Merse Lickens to come in and take over like you said Mike Smith yeah I, it was funny how you said like yeah you don't love having to put him here but I guess if he's going to be playing the games he's playing actually today against Ottawa and that's the thing I guess when you get to play Ottawa you get to do well and right now it's two nothing we're only halfway through the first period here so maybe I don't need to give this update yet but so far Smith has stopped all three shots that he's faced Uh, And then what did you have here? So Jake Allen and Matt Murray, who are like the opposite. I guess Murray... (laughs) Exactly, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Murray, I assume you just have no faith in, but you have to have him somewhat high in the league that counts saves. Uh, He's struggling today, of course, like I just said. And uh, yeah, Halak... Cam Talbot. I guess Cam Talbot's another like, high upside guy, right? Because like you said, he was supposed to be the starting goalie, but at this point, Cochrane's really bumped him down. So yeah, I like this tier. And yeah, I
1: definitely agree with you that UC Saro seems like the one with the highest upside. Exactly. And uh, I hope uh, it will materialize because I have him in the cacafold. <laughs> okay. yeah. What division are you in? Soder uh, Tier four, right? Yeah, exactly. And how's it looking so far? Um, I think I'm, uh, I'm playing for 500. I was, like, really it hard by injuries. Right, yeah. yeah. A lot of people earlier in the season
0: struggled with injuries or with games yeah. being postponed. But now you're going to be set. You're going to have Yusuf Saros to come back and bring you into the playoffs. And you'll yeah. You'll to the uh, finals. You'll win. You'll be in Tier 2 next year. Let's hope. And I might be there with you because I might get relegated from Tier <laughs> 1 because I've had a couple bad losses in a row. Okay, so now we go to Tier 9 to this point. It looks like we're finally out of starters. The last starter was Matt Murray. Uh, Oh, no, I guess we haven't mentioned a Detroit goalie yet. So is Detroit going to finally
1: get some representation? Yeah, and uh, I think this uh, Tier 9 is the tier of, you know, pretty good uh, streamers. So Vitek, Vanecek, Chris Driedger, James Reimer, Jonathan Bernier, or Jonathan Bernier, Jack Campbell, and, uh, you know, I guess if he's back, uh, eventually, Pavel Fransouz.
0: Right, yeah, Francis like could be really good if he plays. I, I'm really starting to lose faith. Like we said, that he's ever going to play. I noticed that no Djokovic. Yeah, do you just like not like Djokovic as much as Reimer? I would have put them maybe in the same tier.
1: Yeah, yeah, and uh, I wrote him uh, with uh, my my pen, and I, you know, I wrote down the note. I would sell high. I don't you know I don't believe in him too much especially mm. in dynasty leagues I don't think you could have a, a great return for you know Nedel Nedelkovic in a redraft league but for dynasty leagues you know he's young maybe someone could think he's the goalie of the future for Carolina who I don't think he is you know I I think of him a little bit like a Alex Taylor, Look at the career tra- tra- trajectory of Alex Taylor, and I think that's who will be Nedeljkovic. Interesting, because Nedeljkovic has been pretty hot lately. He yeah. actually had four good starts
0: in a row, four three wins in a row. Uh, what is it about him like, that makes you not interested? And I'm curious, if he's not the goalie of the
1: future for Carolina, who is? Um, we don't know yet. Maybe a Pyotr Kachatkov, a young Russian. But uh, yeah, yeah. for, for Nedelchkovich, it's just the eye test. I think he's just um, often out of position. Lately, he's been, you know, maybe kind of lucky. He's made a couple of big saves and he could bail him. That, that could have bailed him a little bit. But, uh, you know, I, I think he's too too often out of position. And often he tends to play you know the player more than the puck so he, he you know he faces the player but w- when you look at an initial player with the puck you know the, the the puck is not in front of the players on the side because of the stick and you know there's maybe a you know three or four feet difference and that's you know something we coach to to young goalies who plays peewee so uh, yeah I think he's not uh, the you know the the, the goal and Number one NHL caliber goalie. Let's say it like that. But maybe he could have a couple of good stretch like he has right now. And I think it's a pretty awesome window to to sell him in, in a dynasty league if you could get a, you know a Kakanen. No, I don't think it's possible, but if you could get a, maybe, maybe you a know. Peterson right now. Yeah. Oh, my God, that that would be awesome. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I would smash the, the accept button and even add with Nedeljkovic to get Peterson. Uh, you know, the name I, I kind of have in my head is maybe a Jack Campbell, Pavel Fransos. Maybe they could be a good target in Dynasty Leagues for Nedeljkovic.
0: Okay, so yes, you're not high on him. Uh, maybe like for a short term, like for like this week or until Mrazek is back. I'm still thinking Ndjelkovich is looking pretty good, but it sounds like you're saying you've watched his games. You don't believe that he's going to be able to keep it up because he's not in the right position. Come on, Ndjelkovich, get it together. Uh, okay, and then I guess the other really interesting name here is we ha- we should talk about Vitek Vanacek, right? We talked about him a bit when we talked about Samsonov, but down here we have a guy who we weren't expecting to even be in the NHL this year. It was supposed to be Lungfist as the backup in Washington, but Vanacek came in, ended up getting a lot of starts with Samsonov, on the COVID list and you know 11 wins and 20 games and 9.04 save percentage which uh, doesn't look amazing but a lot of that comes from his most recent two games where he's led in four goals before that his numbers were a little bit better Uh, was Vanacek someone who was on your radar at all going into the year or was this like a complete surprise for you that he had that really good run I
1: had him in the Cup Fall for the first three weeks I think so yeah I really enjoyed that stretch and we love comparisons Elon, I will use one again I think they are a pretty similar tandem to uh, what we saw with the Pittsburgh Penguins last year so Matt Murray and Tristan Jarry I think in this case Murray would be Matt Murray would be Samsonov and Jarry would be Vannecek not oh, saying no. that uh, the the Capitals would trade Samsonov or, or something like that just saying that you know he's the backup but he could play himself into a Uh, a more significant role uh, into a a bigger role, but especially I would say that is playing style. The type of goalie he is reminds me so much of Tristan Jari. They have like the same style, the the same way to, um, you know, to handle themselves in the crease. So, uh, yeah, I would really, really compare him to uh, Tristan Jari. The problem is that Ilya Samsonov is a much better goalie than uh, Matt Murray. Okay, and there was a stretch a couple weeks
0: ago where Brian was super high on Jonathan Bernier and was saying how he was like finally convinced after years of being like a Bernier hater, he was like, I, This guy's doing so well. He's really good and people should grab him. Then, obviously, right at that point, Bernier started to struggle. <laughs> you have him down here in tier nine. The first mention of Detroit. Do you think you, you mentioned Gibson and how if he was on the Islanders, you think he could put up numbers similar to a Varlamov? Is Bernier obviously not that good, but like, is Bernier like a better goalie than he gets Chris credit for just because he's on this bad team or do you think he
1: pretty much has the rep that he deserves no i think he's a pretty good goalie actually the problem is just you know the situation i, I could never talk myself into playing or activating a, a detroit a goalie especially when you know there's negative point for a goal against or some things like that but um, You know, there was games where I was really, really impressed by Bernier's uh, game, especially, you know, maybe it's the goalie geek again. Nobody will uh, remember that. But there were there was a stretch of maybe two or three games last year against the Boston Bruins where Bernier allowed like one, zero and one goal on like 143 shots, something like that. He was just very, very good. And, uh, you know, he he really beat the Boston Bruins all by himself. So he has that potential. But like I said, I I could never talk myself into playing a a Red Wings goalie. But uh, as a streamer, you could do worse. That's for sure.
0: Okay, I think that James Reimer is my favorite goalie in this tier, just because of Carolina being so good, and like maybe he could end up. Especially since you were down on Djokovic, I'm going to propose a trade for you. Okay, yeah. What What if we move Reimer up to tier eight and move Allen to tier nine? Don't you think Reimer is a better bet than Jake Allen, since he could potentially get more starts, and Carolina is a better team than Montreal? Um, I think they're pretty uh, similar. I, I, yeah, yeah. I could do that. Yeah. Okay, maybe leave Alan. Let's put rhyme ref in Tier 8. <laughs> okay, let's do that. Okay, all right. But I think this is pretty much it for goalies that we should care about. Though, actually, no, in Tier 10, there is one goalie that you haven't brought up yet that's looking pretty valuable right now. The counterpart of a guy who you had down in Tier 6, but it's really struggling right now. So why don't you tell us your Tier 10? And I'm sure people can maybe guess who I'm talking about that I'm kind of interested in.
1: Pekka Rene, Scott Wedgwood, Mikko Kaskinen. who's just... So bad, but that's another thing. (laughs) Brian Elliott, Braden Holtby, Alexander Gorgiev, and Jonathan Quick, who's actually injured. I'd say that's the tier of the risky streamers. Yeah. So I want to hone in on Elliott, right? Just because with
0: Carter Hart doing so poorly, Elliott's gotten a few more starts lately. And yeah, I guess like two of them recently haven't been that good against Pittsburgh. He just had a good game against Buffalo, though. That was in relief, and he stopped uh, 12 of 13. So is Elliot someone who, like, even if Carter Hart struggles and Elliot plays a lot, do you find him just too risky? Like, you don't think that he's a good
1: goalie even on this good team? Yeah, because he has a history of being good as a backup and bad when he's playing like two or three games in a row. But... The Philadelphia Flyers are just so good. Maybe that could help him. And, you know, if you need a guy one week in the short term, you know, uh, waiting uh, Carter Hart to find back his groove, his, his confidence. If you, uh, you know, if next week the Flyers, I don't know, I didn't take a look at the schedule, but next week if the Flyers plays like four games or something like that. Yeah, yeah, you could do worse. That's for sure. But my confidence is Carter Hart is still through the roof. Okay. Yeah. So this
0: week we've got a Thursday, Saturday, two games against Washington for Philly. And then I'm bringing up next week. Now I'm over at keepingcarlson.com slash tools. I have a little schedule tool here that I made uh, Monday, then Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday. So yeah, you might be able to get two games out of Brian Elliott next week, especially if Carter Hart is struggling and they don't want to give him the net. So yeah, maybe a good short-term guy, but I would have to agree with you that you'd assume that at some point Carter Hart gets it together and takes the starts. Okay, and then I guess, do you want to finish this off with the final two tiers? of? I assume the goalies in these final two tiers are guys you don't want at all. Actually, you know what? There's still one team that you haven't mentioned any goalies (laughs) from. I'm just realizing now. So I guess you'll finally uh,
1: finish off clearing out the teams. Yeah, and that was, uh, you know, that was like maybe a statement uh, from me that I, I don't want to take a look at the San Jose goalies anymore. So uh, Martin Jones, Devin Dubnik in the tier 11 with Thomas Grice, Malcolm Suban, David Riddick, Laurent brossois Adam Hill, who, you know, I could put higher. I mean, I made this list on top of my head. Aden Hill could be higher, I'd say that, and uh, Casey De Smith. And I will say, too, Joey Dakar, and he's in a, a, a better tier than Marcus Hogberg, and uh, that, that was calculated. You know, I think, you know, we'll see. Maybe, you know, again, that waiver thing could change uh, everything. But if Ottawa wants to go with their two best goalies, I think they should keep in the NHL Joey Dakard and Matt Murray. I think officially, with what I saw in the NHL this year, a little bit of last year, I think I can officially say that Joey Dacard is a better goalie than Marcus Augberg. And in a dynasty league, I would absolutely trade Augberg for Dakard.
0: Okay, well, Ottawa is a team that we are expecting to be good at some point. They've been bad for so long, accumulating all of these prospects. Do you think that we're in a situation where in a couple of years from now when Murray's contract is approaching its end, is Joey Decord the one who
1: you're thinking might be the potential starter on this good Ottawa team? Right now, yes. I think he looked very good, you know, in a couple Ooh. of minutes this year, but there's a lot of competition. You know, there's that guy Mads Sogard who's like uh, 6 feet 13. He's just so, so tall. Uh, Mads Sogard, another uh, Ottawa Senators prospect. There's Philip Gustafsson. So th- there is competition. They are younger too. Sogard, I think, is like 20 years old. Uh, Gustafsson, 21. And there's two, a guy named Kevin Mandolesi. um, Canadian guy, like 19 or 20 years old too, I think. So there's competition. But right now, yeah, I would say that Dakar is the, the best one.
0: Okay, cool. I actually have him in one of my dynasty leagues, my only dynasty league. So I'm happy about that. Got him with a late pick. Someone just offered me like a fourth round pick in the draft, which is, you know, just for the actual draft coming up for Joey Decor. It's like, come on, get out of here.
1: I don't want that. (laughs) I have uh, honorable mentions too because of, you know, the the nightmare that are Martin Jones and Devin Dubnik, you know, especially in dynasty leagues. If there's a way for you to stash him, I would absolutely do that. And if you have a deep bench, maybe for this year, maybe that could pay big. Uh, Alexey Melnychuk is San Jose is their third goalie, a Russian guy who was terrific in the KHL. I think he's like 21 or 22 years old. Um, I watched a lot of his videos, game tapes, and he looks actually pretty good, pretty square, um, so, uh, maybe, uh, you know, it's not because they're both Russians, but the, the style again, the, the way they play, he reminds me uh, of uh, Igor Shcherkin again, again, oh, I'm wow. not saying it's the same talent level, but you know, the, the playing style and everything. Not the same upside, uh, that's for sure. But yeah, I, I would keep that name in mind. Alexei Melnichuk, if you see uh, uh, the news that he's been called up and you know Devin Dubnik on the waivers or Martin, Martin Jones or I don't know, that would be probably the good call. Maybe just keep that name in mind. Alexei Melnichuk, and I would take Melnichuk before Nedeljkovic in the Dynasty League. Oh, there you go. Oh, yeah. So maybe it's the kind of thing where maybe the Sharks aren't going
0: to wave Dubnik or Jones. Like, if they haven't done it yet, I don't know what they need to see to make them decide to wave one of these goalies. But maybe if one of them gets injured, you know, obviously mm-hmm. you're not going to grab the other one. Maybe that's a good point to go grab Melnichuk, who maybe could come in as the backup and do something. Yeah. All right. Well, this has been a total blast, Will. We've gone through so many goalies. Once again, we're going to put all of your tiers over at keepingcarlsoncom slash goalies. And then if people look at that and listen to the show and then want to share some feedback with you on your decisions, we have some uh, passionate fans, especially... I remember last year, Brian and I did a mid-season Schmore goalies board, and we actually put David Riddick like lower than a lot of people thought we should. And uh, in the end, we turned out to be right. I remember we got a lot of uh, heat of like, wow, you totally missed on Riddick. Big Save Dave
1: is good, Uh, obviously, this year. And that's a bad thing, actually, for Big Save Dave. You know, I think it's the worst nickname you can have as a goalie because, like I said, when you need to make a big save, that's usually bad news and that's not sustainable. So.
0: Oh, interesting! Yeah, I actually just saw yesterday there was a tweet of this in- insane save that Eunice Corpusalo made, where he, like he had to go back with his stick and he stopped it with his stick like behind his back. But uh, then I looked at the box score and Corpusalo didn't have a good game, so maybe there's something to that. Like if you're making these huge saves, then maybe overall you're not putting yourself in a good situation. Exactly. There it is. Lessons from Will Nadeau. Okay, so if people want to give you this feedback, they can tweet at you at WillNadeau29. And that'll be linked in the show notes. You want to tell people where else they
1: could find you? Yeah, so uh, WillNadeau29 or William Nadeau or Facebook. I'm on the Discord group with the patrons of Keeping Carlson 2. I have the NadsGabs.com site with my podcast, Nads and Gabs Podcast, The Fantasy Hockey in french so yeah actually that was again my my first time speaking in english since our last episode uh, you know on the air of keeping carlson so i <laughs> hope uh, it was uh, pretty good still but uh, it was a blast and I, I really enjoyed that and you know don't hesitate to ask me questions always love because you know it's uh, something to put goalies into tears I, i'm trying to do the best i can maybe i have to uh, uh, you know, a, a bit of a bigger picture, I, I really take into consideration more like generally what I think of a goalie. Is he good? Was he good last year more than, you know, was he good last week or the last two weeks? So maybe that's a little, you know, problem I have. But uh, I, I love to answer questions. Should I take this guy or this guy, Jari or Kakanen, Mersleykins or Samsonov, Sorokin or Kemper? I love that. So don't hesitate to to ask me that.
0: All right, cool. Yeah, I always tag you on our Discord channel when someone asks a dynasty goalie question. Uh, I hope anyone listening did not start Matt Murray today because he's letting four goals in the first period against the Oilers <laughs> on Wednesday. Uh, that's a shame. Okay, thanks so much again, Will. And looking forward to see you on Discord and everyone who's listened. I hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, we'll be back at you with another regular episode of Keeping Carlson on Sunday.